Ten years ago this week, Act 10 was introduced. Governor Scott Walker's strict limits on public sector unions. We've got a huge package in the Wisconsin State Journal this Sunday. We also have a State Journal editorial. And Phil, on today's center stage with Milford and Hands, we've got former State Senator Dale Schultz, one-time Senate Majority Leader. He ran for Congress. He was the guy in the middle down at the state capitol when the Republicans were ramming through Act 10. Yeah, he went from basically being the face of the Republican Party to somebody who wasn't really welcomed in the party in the span of a couple of years because of his centrist approach to governing and his desire to find consensus and do what's best for all the people in Wisconsin, which is not welcomed in either political party right now, actually. He was the only Republican state senator to vote against Act 10. Ultimately, a few Republicans in the assembly also voted no. But he's the guy that people remember as trying to find some sort of compromise, trying to find some agreement between the left, the right, the unions, and Governor Scott Walker and his own party. I think he had a pretty good proposal and a pretty good idea. And it sounds like he had some Democratic and union buy-in to it, but the Republicans didn't need to compromise because they had the votes to pass it, and so they didn't. And not even a Wisconsin State Journal endorsement of his compromise back then could get it across the finish line. Well, we'll talk to Senator Schultz on today's Center Stage, the Wisconsin State Journal's political podcast from the Sensible Center of Wisconsin Politics. I'm Scott Milford. I'm the editorial page editor for the State Journal. And I'm Phil Hands. I'm the editorial cartoonist for the Wisconsin State Journal. We are half of the Wisconsin State Journal editorial board. The more protesting half. Welcome to Center Stage with Milford and Hands. We tagged this, Dale, as the Wisconsin State Journal's political podcast from the Sensible Center of Wisconsin Politics. That's the general region you preside in, isn't it? Well, I'd like to think so. And I certainly like that sensible center better than moderate because sensible (laughs) center can be forceful or should be more forceful. Moderate (laughs) just sort of seems kind of wimpy to me. Well, back when the Act 10 debate was raging, you were in the middle of it in terms of being in the middle of the state capitol, but you were also in the middle of the politics of it, as I recall, because you wanted to save money and force some savings from workers. At the same time, you thought things were going too fast and too far, and you weren't convinced that collective bargaining had to go away forever. How's my memory? I think uh, you're correct, largely. And I also learned over the years that the best way to continue productive relationships is for it to be a win-win for everybody. There was no doubt that there was a need for some savings and things had gotten a little out of whack. So I was sympathetic to that. But uh, I thought sitting down and including people and accepting ownership of the problem and trying to hammer out a compromise made more sense. And of course, now we're looking back after 10 years and we wonder, uh, was I right or not? I, I frankly don't spend a lot of time thinking about it. To me, it was just going out and doing my job. I spent a lot of time in the evenings talking to six or 700 of my closest friends in community after community. And I tried to listen and respond truthfully to people. I made a lot of people mad when I wouldn't tell people how I was going to vote. But I said, look, I'm not doing my job if I come out here and tell you in advance I've already made up my mind, then why does listening to you matter? 
And I truly wanted to understand what people thought and, and what they wanted me to do. And from that, I would make a decision and own it. It was not a difficult thing to do. It was my job. And I just tried to go out and do it every night until the time came for a decision. And when I decided what to do, I, I put together a proposal that I thought responded to what I had heard and left everybody with some dignity. And uh, I guess looking back, I failed. I was waiting for a bunch of ordinary people to do remarkable things and it, it took too long, I guess. I think looking back, what is interesting to me is the context, the bigger picture, uh, which this whole discussion occurred in. We entered the new millennium, the age of information, it was called. <laughs> I think it back to those old brick phones and car phones. Uh, that's what I was fond of saying. And it turned out to be the age of disinformation. And in a, in a very real sense, Act 10 was coming uh, onto the scene right after a Citizens United decision by the Supreme Court. And as a result of that, we saw a spectacular increase in political money, uh, we saw dramatically less regulation, and lo and behold, it shouldn't surprise anybody that the donor class that was putting up this money wanted a greater guarantee of accountability. To them, that meant we're going to get our way and we're going to be less tolerant of independence. And, uh, and that's sort of how we began with Act 10. And then, of course, after Act 10, we really saw the blossoming of Facebook and Twitter. Those things were in their infancy during Act 10. With that, we saw a huge loss of privacy, a huge increase in personal information. We saw the birth of the science of analytics and uh, the monetization of that personal information by various parties. And with that newfound dollars, unregulated dollars, uh, it didn't take long for smart people to figure out how they could use that money to sell politics like soap, uh, or uh, maybe in a less honorable way than selling uh, soap. That's the context, but to the uh, notion of Act 10, I think it hit so violently, so fast, that many, many people were just... Um, uh, stunned uh, by what happened. I remember uh, standing in Mike Ellis's office at the time of the, the Senate president and looking down State Street. And I remember, I'm a kid who grew up in, in Madison, went to school at Madison Central at the UW. So I was used to seeing big demonstrations. Yeah. And suddenly there were 10 times as many people as I'd ever seen before converging on the Capitol. And, you know, it was a sight to behold. The people were noisy, but it wasn't particularly violent. And uh, I think there was a real effort to be respectful. And uh, my colleagues were just like deer in the headlights, uh, wanting to go pray. And my own sense was I wasn't certain that God was necessarily on our side mm -hmm. and that we had failed in our responsibilities to lead people by defining the issues at hand, talking truthfully with folks and leading a discussion that would have us come out in a place where 
society would be better off. Dale, what was your compromise that you proposed? There was two issues that I recalled that really bothered people. There had been an effort by the right and the right-wing media to pitch the idea that public employees were getting fat at the taxpayer expense. They didn't have to pay for their health care. They uh, got this generous pension. And so my proposal was aimed at a tenth of a percent more on uh, requiring public employees to contribute to their own pension. And it was, I think, exactly the same as the governor's proposal on health care. And I was trying to sit down and get people to buy into that. I had some success with the unions. I think they may not have agreed with everything I was trying to do, but they, I think, really appreciated the fact that this guy who they had parentally put up candidates against was at least willing to sit down and, and chat with them about uh, something that was obviously very important to them. And it wasn't just the money. I think they were uh, uh, very fearful about the loss of uh, workplace safety uh, regulations and their ability to actually work with their membership. And of course, Act 10 in the end impacted all of those things or stripped them away. Your idea was to sunset his limits on collective bargaining. I look back after 10 years and I have to ask myself, are we really better off than we were where we were then or where we were progressing? All my life, I had the sense that Wisconsin was a special place, and I still believe that. I believe I live in a 23rd Psalm place, as Governor Dreyfus used to say. Mm-hmm. We had uh, cons- uh, certainly one of the best un- university systems in the country. It was very highly regarded. Our K-12 educational system was parentally talked about as being one or two in the, the nation. Our environmental policies were uh, very highly regarded. Uh, this is a state that had put forth workers' comp and, and unemployment comp. And we had pioneered those things as uh, protections for uh, the middle class. And we had probably what was regarded as the least corrupt government of any state in the nation. And uh, our civil service laws were considered uh, outstanding. It provided an excellent uh, workforce. Uh, Few people argued uh, that wasn't the case. And looking back, uh, if you tick off those measures, uh, do we honestly think we improve things? I know what we did do. Uh, We certainly participated uh, and aided and abetted this monetization of of personal information and uh, and helped pioneer for people with... uh, less than noble motives, how you could uh, use people's anger or you could gin anger and then use that to motivate them. So what you're saying is that social media during Act 10 was adding to the division and disinformation and that that was sort of the first time that social media had that impact? Yeah, I, I think so, but not nearly to the degree that it has had in recent elections. So Scott and I both are stuck in the Madison bubble, and it was hard to find anyone around us who had anything nice to say about Walker or Act 10 back then, 10 years ago. But what was the impression of your constituents on the ground in your district? I mean, you live in a much more purple district than than Scott and I do, and it'd be nice to just get a perspective on how your constituents felt about what was going on in Madison at that time. 
Well, first of all, I think people really dislike the secrecy with which this was sprung on the public. Uh, you recall just weeks before uh, Act 10 was unveiled, we'd had a special session and spent some money to help the governor get going uh, on his agenda. He had never mentioned Act 10 during the course of the campaign. And so a lot of people were kind of upset about the fact that suddenly there was pressure to pass this in a hurry, and they were concerned about what it would do. Now, certainly there were lots of my uh, business uh, friends and, and farm friends who um, felt aggrieved, and, and I frankly agreed with them to, you know, to some degree, and that's why I put forth a proposal that demanded some sacrifices. But by the same token, uh, there were a lot of other people who um, – were part of uh, the, the prison system that I had helped expand in Southwestern Wisconsin to create jobs, uh, teachers, uh, people at the university, county and municipal employees who suddenly felt like that nobody cared about them. And, uh, and so that was my, my task was to go out and to listen to people. And, you know, I think it was fairly clear that my constituents appreciated what I was doing and uh, I still feel that way because it's just amazing to me. Ten years later, people still talk to, you know, come up and, and volunteer their opinion to me and appreciate what I tried to do and say, you know, you were actually more right about things than I even realized then. And, and that's very gratifying to me. Um, but I feel sad uh, about neighbor um, uh, fighting neighbor, uh, the refusal to talk with people, sit in certain places in church or at uh, rotary clubs or, you know, civic clubs uh, because of where people were on that issue and how it's divided us. Because to me, uh, a diversity of opinion in the legislature was an opportunity to learn something and uh, possibly teach others about something. And collectively, uh, I always felt it was an opportunity to come up with the best solution. And I don't think we do that anymore. Uh, you know, you think about the state legislature last session, they hardly met. And this session, their main focus is on a mask. And I'm sitting here going, for crying out loud, there are a lot of other bigger problems out there. I appreciate people's feelings about masks, but certainly this high-powered legislature we have could do more and should do more. I think that they're now held captive by forces that divide people, and they can't seem to find their way back. And if you watch Congress, uh, that sort of has spread out there now as well. Why did you ultimately vote no on Act 10? Because I felt that it was going to do what it pretty much did. I didn't see that it was going to do anything but harm that list of things that I talked about. And, you know, think about it. Our university has had tremendous problems. And fortunately, we have a supporter of the university now as president who I think is trying to contain a very difficult situation. Our K-12 education has become greatly uh, more disequal and underfunded. Um, uh, environmental standards certainly suffered, and that started even before I left the legislature. Uh, I was, I remember and was very proud of working with my colleagues, uh, uh, Neil Kedzie and Rob Coles, uh, and across the aisle with Bob Jauk and others uh, on the Great Lakes Compact. You know, a real environmental progress uh, that happened because there were people of goodwill who were willing to compromise and talk and, and discuss and, and arrive at better solutions. Um, mm -hmm. Workers' comp, 
I mean, unemployment comp. I mean, look at unemployment comp. We can't even, uh, we don't, haven't invested in the uh, technology and we have a system that just uh, struggles. And, uh, you know, now it's a finger pointing exercise uh, and the effort is all being laid at the feet of, uh, of the governor. And I just think that that's not fair or realistic. The fact is this state as a whole forgot uh, the importance of uh, unemployment compensation and their people's representatives failed to do due diligence and to provide the resources and the leadership to get things done. Just pointing the finger at the governor doesn't help. And I'm not suggesting that he should be blameless. I'm just saying, uh, let's be real and honest about this. And I'd like to see us spend less time fiddling about masks and more at modernizing a very essential system that really is important to all kinds of uh, Wisconsinites. And civil service, what a tragedy. Uh, you know, Scott Walker going out uh, the door uh, was knee deep in scandal and uh, in failed efforts. Whether you talk about Foxconn uh, and the boondoggles to make it look like we were uh, having investment around the state from Madison to Eau Claire, um, uh, you know, it meant a huge waste of, of resources. Uh, we had the whole problem in the Department of Corrections, and um, suddenly our untarnished uh, image sort of vap uh, vaporized one day when the legislature managed to uh, wipe out uh, the elections board, which I frankly thought was doing an incredible job of, of trying to keep things together. And uh, it was largely political. And, um, and to me, um, you know, the, the answer is we're not better off. Uh, to be sure, we have problems now. We had problems then. But I don't see that Act 10 improved anything. What it basically did is uh, got neighbor-hating neighbor, -hating neighbor uh, when it was mixed with this toxic brew of uh, less regulation of politics and a dramatic increase in money. How do we fix the neighbor-hating neighbor thing in Wisconsin? I mean, with this reputation of being a friendly people, and I think that's one of the biggest casualties of this whole Act 10 thing is that that feels like it's it feels like a different state than it did 10 years ago. And how do we get back to square one? That we have to begin with the truth. We have to begin with a set of facts that we all acknowledge. And we got to stop pretending that somehow or another uh, you know, uh, going to one source of information, which may not even be a source of information, it may just be a propaganda outlet, is, is the way we should begin our civil discourse. Um, we, need, we need the truth, we need facts, and then we need to have some trust in each other. And uh, it's, you know, the, what suffices for trust in the halls of Congress or the legislature is pretty meager. Uh, yeah, legislatures are rough and tumble places. I have sinned. Uh, I'll be the first to say that. But I think it is important that we think about how we conduct ourselves and do the people's business. And so when we, if we do those things, Phil, uh, I think we're on the road to recovery. But don't expect it to happen overnight. It's going to walk back uh, very slowly. So just to summarize, subscribing to Madison.com is the best way to save democracy in America, right? I, I, I think I, I honestly think that what you're doing is terrific. And, and, you know, I've said many times to journalists that 
we are uh, living through the golden age of journalism. There is an opportunity for entrepreneurial journalists to do exactly what you're doing. And it's amazing the number of followers that they have. And, you know, that was the dream of social media. Uh, it still can be, uh, but we do have to confront, uh, you know, some of the things that uh, make it less beneficial, like the big money. Uh, like the unbridled proliferation of outright lies that uh, can be ginned up and cause people, good people, to do things that they wouldn't normally do. Dale, do you give Act 10 credit for any good outcomes, whether it's a better state budget, maybe it's school principals having more freedom to hire the teachers they want? Did some good come out of Act 10 or no good? We had to have some reckoning with the difficulty that private the private sector was having of funding pensions and and health care, and there had to be some recognition. Yes, that, that did uh, come out of there. I would argue that we have made a mess out of education, and we have made it profoundly disequal. Uh, and c- coming from a rural district, uh, I'm deeply bothered by that uh, because it puts our children and grandchildren at a greater disadvantage than I believe they ought to be in. Uh, I also think that for some of the people that many cultures around the planet hold up in the highest regard, educators, uh, we have diminished their standard in society to the point where it's hard for them to be effective because they have uh, no civic standing. In fact, we've seen an incredible, a whole generation of people choose not to become educators because of what happened. And I think that's sad because I truly do believe we need to recruit the best and the brightest uh, to be in education. I think Wisconsin had some folks that did some things that uh, were well publicized that none of us can be proud of. But by and large, educators in Wisconsin historically did a superlative job and Wisconsin benefited from it. As you look back, so what would be the lessons for Wisconsin 10 years out now of Act 10? Well, if I could wave a magic wand and and suggest that uh, Congress would hold social media companies accountable so that they had to be responsible for the mistruths that they have spread in our society and the platform that they've allowed to exist for their own profit to pit people against one another by the targeting of misinformation. That would be one of the things that I would wish that would happen. And then I think I would hope that we would see support for brave people who are interested and willing to do the right thing to receive um, uh, support. When a legislator in Wisconsin crosses the aisle to support a governor, as we've seen in a few cases this past year, mm-hmm. um, we should remember that historically we prized independence and independent thinking. And and when that happens on the national level, I think we should embrace those people who have the courage uh, to do what they think is right rather than what is expedient for political purposes. Uh, I have to tell you that I have been hugely impressed by a neighbor to the South, uh, Congressman Adam uh, Kinsinger, 
who I think has done a remarkable job. And I saw Senator Sass's comments to the Executive uh, Republican Committee in Nebraska, and I was deeply moved by that. And we need to support those people. They need to to know that. I was so impressed by Congressman uh, Kinsinger that I actually called his office and wanted them to know that somebody uh, north of the border uh, really appreciated those flatlanders down there, or at least some of them. <laughs> you said something nice about somebody from Illinois. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still get grief from your party, from Republicans, because of Act 10? Are you a pariah, or is that all over with? Oh, you- I think that in the Capitol and amongst the highest political leaders, I don't know that there would ever be anything like forgiveness there. But the general public, there's no question that there has never been a fall off of support. Are you still a Republican? Yes, I still tell people I am a member of the party of Lincoln, Roosevelt, and Eisenhower, and Tommy Thompson. And Trump? (laughs) The the Trumplicans, well, they are what they are. And and, uh, they don't get to own... Uh, the word conservative because they're anything but that. You say you're still a Republican. What should be the party's mission? Well, I think uh, Mitt Romney said it very well. We have to have a big tent, but conservatives can't be wedded with uh, kooks. And that's it's that simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the Republican Party needs to uh, be broad-minded and diverse and needs to reflect uh, all of the needs uh, in Wisconsin if we're going to remain competitive. Well, Dale, thanks so much for your time and for your insights. We really appreciate it. Well, it's uh, good to hear from you guys. I'm going to jump in my truck, run out to the farm, get in a skid steer and plow myself out up there. <laughs> if you're looking for work, we, we've always got uh, a job for you. Thank you for all you do. Bye, Dale. Our theme music is by Tube Tester.